We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast, Bull fam. We are here with the NFL Network's Peter Schrager. You also know him from Fox NFL Kickoff and Good Morning Football. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm in Brooklyn, New York, and I just got that rock riff to start the show. But I, I emailed you earlier today. I said, are you sure you want me on this week after what was one of the most embarrassing Chargers losses in recent memory? Are you sure? And you said, let's talk. All right, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a tough week for the Chargers, but you know, it was also a tough week for some of your uh, for some of your million dollar picks with Bill Simmons. You had the Bengals yeah. and the Bucks, and so that was unfortunate. It was not not a tremendous week for anybody involved. But uh, I wanted to get your take on the uh, NFL Week Eight in general, and then we'll specifically go into the Chargers. So, what stuck out to you this week? The week of the upset, I think eight straight underdogs won so you mentioned i had a uh, big bet with bill simmons where we went big on the bucks the bills and the Bengals on just the money line meaning to the non-gamblers out there they just have to win and those were guys those were teams that had triple that double digit uh point for it they all lost so for those ones it was tough but i also think the week of uh the backup quarterback you saw guys like mike white for the jets beat the Bengals. you saw obviously cooper rush on sunday night and then, you know, Trevor Simeon to come in for the first time, really an extended play since 2017 to beat Tom Brady in a game head-to-head. That's the NFL for you. I mean, that's what it is, dude. And I, and I kind of love it. Like, as much as it's, it's tough to predict and we look like we're chickens with our heads cut off talking about the NFL week-to-week, crowning the Bengals one week, crowning the Bucks uh, another week, and then seeing them lose to backup quarterbacks. But that's the NFL. That's kind of why I dig it. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of – parody you know I, I was watching that sunday night football game and i turned it on for the first time and i was like there's this ginger quarterback in dallas and it's not andy dalton yeah. i'm like this is <laughs> this is a little bit weird uh so yeah but uh, you know cowboys came out with a big win there uh, i guess we'll specifically get into the chargers now what did you kind of take away from chargers patriots uh, and how that played out all right so i did uh watch the game and then I did my reading this morning, which I always do before the Good Morning Football Show. Then I went deeper on the Chargers. And I, you know, I feel like you miss Brian Bulaga. You miss uh, some of these offensive linemen. The offense does not look like it did the first few weeks. And so whereas the run defense is the national storyline, they can't stop them. They were fine against the run. The defense did all right yesterday. I have fears that the offense is out of sync. And when you have a week off 
and you can self-scout, but also scout the other team. And you come out and you have those first two drives and it's like, all right, we're scoring, we're making it happen. And then to just completely go, I guess, dull, I would say. And I know that like, this is like a Chargers pot and I don't want to be, you know, damn, I just got to be honest. It's, you know, that bye week should be used to be prepared, be ready. And the quotes after the game were con- conflicting because Staley comes out and is like, yeah, we expected they would go zone. And then Herbert comes out and he says, we were expecting man. So I, I just feel like guys were on the same same page. The defense really gave them fits. And that's two weeks in a row now with really good defensive coordinators, whether it be Nick Martindale, and then you have the bye week, and then Bill Belichick. It's like, is this offense going to be what we hoped it would be? And is this offense going to be able to score enough in an AFC that is so wide open right now? Uh, that offense, it needs to be Herbert leading them to victory. It's late. It can't be we're going to hang around and our defense is going to get the job done. Right, yeah. I mean, I think there was a lot of criticism of Joe Lombardi's game plan, sort of taking the ball out of Herbert's hands a little bit at times, or Herbert just having some of these kind of errant throws. Um, and, you know, it's hard to win when your guys are dropping the ball, too. Uh, and the Chargers have <laughs> led the league in drops for a while. Uh, so that's just kind of the tough part about yesterday. So uh, the trade deadline is obviously in full swing. An hour before we get on, Von Miller gets traded to, to the Rams. I wonder what your thoughts on that are. And uh, is there a trade target that you could see maybe the Chargers going after that you think could boost their stock this second half of the season? You know what's interesting with the Von Miller thing? It's like... You know, if it happened before the season, I would say, okay, like the Rams, they really are all in. But Broncos won yesterday, and you guys lost yesterday. So, like, the Broncos are 4-4, four and four, and the Chiefs are not necessarily tearing it up. And you guys are now losers of two straight. Like, the Broncos are relevant. So, I was surprised that they would ship off, I still think, their best player on their roster. But it just shows what the Rams are all about. They see a window, and I live in Brooklyn, New York, and it's like, the Nets do the same thing. It's like, here's our window. Like, we're not worried about 2023. You can complain about it on Twitter. You can, like, we're looking to win right now. And uh, I respect the hell out of that kind of approach to live life and okay, let's go for it. And that's what the Rams are doing across town. Chargers, the big free agent signings, right? Like, I think Corey Lindsley being the highest paid center was a big power move. I think uh, some of the other moves on the line, Matt Filer, like what they did with that was, was impressive. But I don't see the Chargers, you know, selling off first and second round. That's just not in their nature. And I don't think that's going to be what Tom Telesco does. And I don't know if there's necessarily a player out there. I've heard Fletcher Cox be mentioned as a uh, potential acquisition for some team. I'm not sure if I see the Chargers doing that. The other name that was intriguing was that the Rams put out, you know, or not put out, but Deshaun Jackson basically put it out himself that he wanted to be traded. Do they need a deep threat? In, uh, in L.A. across town, and would that keep him home and kind of satisfy him in a way, maybe, but is 34-year-old Deshaun Jackson, the difference between the Chargers winning the AFC West and not winning the AFC West? I'm not sure. So I don't see it, but I don't know. We could see in the next couple hours. I don't know when this podcast goes live, but by the time we do it, they might have already swung a trade for some major piece, and I would just be uh, egg on my face here from the East Coast talking about the Chargers. Yeah, the egg on, our, on our, both of our faces would continue <laughs> from the last week if the sum trade goes through. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, I, I think Deshaun Jackson could could happen and that would help the team just because they do need a little bit of speed there. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, while they're good, they're not like the fastest guys certainly in the league. So that could help. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I think there's sort of there's sort of this dialogue on Twitter between them as a team that's maybe a year away versus the contenders right now who are going for it, right? The Rams are clearly but like, one of those I, I don't know, though, because yeah. in week four or week five when they beat Cleveland, like, I come on Good Morning Football every Monday, and I feel like I'm fake sometimes because I come out and I, 
I just react off of what I see. And I'm like, the Chargers are for real. They've slayed the dragon. They go for it on fourth down. They get these first downs. And Staley's changed the culture. And he's freaking Ted Lasso. And their team, they're going to win it. They're going to, and then like, you know, here we are three weeks later and they haven't won since early October. And I'm like down on the Chargers a little bit because I feel like these are winnable games. Yesterday was a winnable game. And the Patriots, I don't know, handled them after those those first few drives. It was like all of a sudden the offense went just cold. And it hasn't been good for a couple of weeks now. So maybe a trade kickstarts them. Maybe it catalyzes them. Like, I don't think they're a year away. If anything, you know, you have to kick the Chiefs when they're down. The Chiefs are down right now. So I maybe this is the year to go for it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point about like the AFC West and the AFC as a whole being wide open, right? Like we just saw the Bengals lose to the Jets. They were the number yeah. one seed. Uh, Titans so now, lose Derrick uh, Henry. Right. Titans lose Derrick Henry. Baltimore has a lot of injuries that they're dealing with. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. always an opening. Um, and so, you know, as, as dismal as it seems for some Chargers fans, like you're still right in the mix if you beat the Eagles this week, right? And go on a little bit of a winning streak, maybe. So, you know, it's, it's everything is still definitely wide open for the team uh i also wanted to get your thoughts on maybe this offense is there a player on it that you think is being underutilized right now or just your general thoughts on what you've seen from the offense based on your pre-expectations and maybe how everything has played out so far i just feel like you know lombardi's offense i don't know what lombardi's offense is because everyone thinks it's the saints offense but he ran a different offense in detroit with stafford so it's like what version are we getting and I just feel like there's an inconsistency right now where Herbert, it was like, put the ball in Herbert's hands, let him win the game, like never take it out of his hands, and just let, like, let's roll with Herbert. Like, just let it ride. And I feel like there's been a, a, a bit of a conservative nature to their game plan in the last few weeks. I feel like there, there's almost been a hesitancy. And to lose to Baltimore like that, all right, fine, get it out of your system. But then for quarters two, three, and four against New England to just kind of play like they haven't played earlier in the season, I would almost want to see – Herbert up his game and I know that sounds crazy to put it on the quarterback who's been sensational his first two years but this team's gonna live and die with that guy so let's put it on him and let's let him win it right yeah I definitely think you want to see your quarterback definitely win the game for you especially when you have a young talent like Herbert and that's the frustration of a lot of Chargers fans right now um is there so a guy, I mean I'll ask do, you you know yeah. you follow the team I mean is there like if I come out and I'm like I need more Jared Cook like, or I need more Guyton like who's the guy that you think is <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, no, I don't I definitely don't think it's like a they need a Jared Cook or <laughs> they need guy necessarily more. Um, but I, I do think it's about like getting guys involved, right? So you you had Mike Williams who had that torrid start who's getting, you know, he at some point was the leading receiver in the NFL and now yep. the last two weeks against Baltimore um and against New England, right? Sort of kinda gets shut out in both of those games. So it's like you sort of do need him to step up. Um, Austin yep. Eckler kind of, you know, had some moments yesterday, but, you know, has sort of been hit or miss also dealing with an injury. So I think you definitely do need those guys to step up. Um, but yeah, that's really it's, you know, it's kind of the team around Herbert as a whole, as, as well as the play calling. Um, so I wanted to ask you this because I know your Super Bowl pick prior to the season was Chiefs Rams. Yeah. So I know the Chiefs yeah. situation isn't great right now, but. I do want to ask if you're sticking with that Super Bowl prediction and who who do you think, if you had to make a list, it can be however big or small as you want uh, of the mm-hmm. Super Bowl contenders in the league right now. All right. I like my Rams pick right now. I'm still feeling good. I like the Packers too. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they've they've won with a bunch of guys injured and with COVID and all that stuff. AFC is wide open. So I took the Chiefs in August, and I remember it was like in my head it was either going to be Chiefs or Ravens. I chose the Chiefs. Um, 
I think I'd be disingenuous to leave just yet. I need a couple more weeks. They play the Giants. I mean, we're doing this podcast now, so I don't know if it goes live, but they can lose to the Giants, and I'll be running away from the Chiefs. I'll be officially done with the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. but, if they, but if they beat the Giants, they're 4-4. Four four. They're a game back in the division from the Raiders. They've got all this wherewithal, and I wouldn't want to face them in January. So as much as we, as a, a Chargers fan base, as much as you guys might hate the Chiefs, and they've been terrible, and you guys handled them in Arrowhead, and then it was a way that I thought was alarmingly dominant. Um, I'm not leaving them yet. I'm not leaving them probably until they uh, – I need to get into November a little bit. I need to get into maybe Thanksgiving. Let's check in, and let's see if we can change things. But I would say the teams I would circle right now in the AFC that are looking like absolutely true contenders are the Ravens. I would also circle the the the, the – um, I'm sorry, the Bills, obviously. And then I can't say the Titans without Derrick Henry. I can't say you guys coming off two straight losses, and I can't say the Bengals off a Jets loss. So let's say Ravens and Bills are the forerunners, and I can't say Raiders just on the way they finished the last few seasons where they're 6-3 and every year and they end up missing the playoffs. So I would say my top two teams in the AFC right now, teams that I would believe in, put my faith in, institutional knowledge, I would say Bills (laughs) and Ravens at the moment. For sure. And then – who do you got coming out of the NFC? I know you got the Rams, obviously, as your Super Bowl pick, but are there any other teams that you think can Rams, challenge them? Yeah, Packers and Cowboys look really good. And then, uh, you know, I don't want to face Tom Brady in the playoffs, so I would never counsel him out. Like, the NFC is really top-heavy. Like, the top six teams in the NFC are kind of established, and it's your division leaders, and then it's the Saints, and then uh, the Cardinals or the Rams, whoever you think the other team is. And then that seventh spot is, like, going to be someone weird. It's going to be – the Niners or the Bears or the Eagles or, or, you know, if the Giants win a couple more and then, it, and then start getting into this weird territory with like the Panthers and Falcons. So I would say those are my teams in the NFC. Right. I think that's definitely the trend is just that the AFC is a little bit more even. There's, you know, a bunch of teams that can still win it. Uh, and then the NFC is this really top heavy conference where it's maybe three or four teams and three or four kind of sleepers that are there, but not really um, in that kind of same contention. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Chargers fan situations. So this has been sort of a dialogue all season. You go back to the Raiders game, uh, they win that game, but you know, the storyline was they get booed. And so there was that whole debate kind of coming out of that one. Um, what do you sort of make about the Chargers nationally and, and like what the situation is locally in LA? Um, and so, yeah, obviously coming out of that Raiders very game, like sensitive. I said. Yeah. yeah, and yesterday too. I mean, look, very sensitive to this because I know Chargers fans don't like hearing it. I think it's BS and they say, well, look at the Rams. They have empty stands sometimes and look at, the, look at the Chargers and look at the Raiders. It's all the same. The Raiders game, it was, you know, all Eagles fans. All right, I get it. Bottom line is, like, if Herbert's on a silent count at home, that's not good. Like, that's not good. It has to change. And I don't blame the fans. They ripped a the team from – San Diego and place them in LA where there already is another team. And it's years and years of Raiders fans who were in LA during the LA Raiders times who, you know, despise the Chargers. So it's, you have to grow it. And Herbert's the reason it's going to grow. And if you win, they will come. Um, but like, I gotta be honest, I have friends who are at the game and they're like, it's mostly Patriots fans in, in certain pockets of this thing. So if Herbert's coming out and saying he had to be on a silent count during the Raiders game, and if, Yesterday, it's all, you know, pockets of the building are New England. It's like, it is reality. And it's something that I don't blame the fans for. And I certainly don't blame the team for moving to L.A. I just, 
I don't know when that changes. And I think it only changes with more and more wins. So it's this like catch 22. No one's to blame. It's just a fact and it has to change. And the only way to change it is by winning games. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Like we, we've seen even teams like the Rams, like you mentioned, if they have had a down year, that's sort of been like when fans haven't been at the games and then when they do win, like fans are at the games. And I think part of it is also yep. just LA is not quite like a football town yet. You know, I mean, they're definitely much more about the Lakers and about the Clippers, uh, you know, about more so about the Lakers. But, you know, still I, but I think here's the thing. Like, I think the Chargers as an organization, like, I think, you know, Telesco has done all the right things as far as building the right roster. I think they've got the quarterback. And I think the team is in itself, new logo, new coach. Like, everything's cool. Like, it's all there. It's nothing to blame anybody. It's just going to take a while. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Like, 99% of New York basketball fans are Knicks fans. And the Nets are a better team. Like, that's just what it is. And it's going to take a while because the Nets, they didn't come from Brooklyn. They're not a Brooklyn team. They're still the New Jersey Nets. And there's a another team, fan base in the market. I think it's very... It's a, it's a build, and it's going to take a while. So there shouldn't be any sensitivity when someone identifies, hey, look, there's some Raiders fans in the building, and that's unfortunate. It should be all sold out with Chargers. It happens. It's what it is. It's going to take some time. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's going to take some time, you know, in addition to, you know, kind of, kind of like I said, we talk about, like, Philadelphia and Buffalo and, like, New York. Like, those are all kind of markets that, whether the team's winning, the team's losing, they're going to be there all the time. Versus LA is a little bit more picky with that stuff, right? You sort of have to build that winning culture for team uh, for fans to come in the building, right? So, I, and I if think you're if you're a cold if you're a cold weather team, the Patriots, and you're like, oh, we've got an away game in LA in October. That's a cool trip. Let's go Halloween weekend to LA. Like, it's an attraction. So right. when you have these teams from these cold weather markets in November and December, like. That's a fun trip for like eight guys to go on or for a family of six to go on. Like that's our winter vacation. That's a cool trip. We get to see our team in a football game and we get to see SoFi like that. It's a double edged sword. It's not just because there's, you know, there's empty seats. It's because fans are willing to buy those seats and it becomes an event and it becomes something cool to go to. And again, West Coast team, new market. It's going to take a while. Right. For sure. And I mean, I, I relate to that a lot, actually, because, you know, we were talking about potentially going to that Raiders game with my co-hosts in, in Vegas in yeah, January. It's, it's like, cool. it makes a lot of sense. It's cool like, trip. it's cool. It's you know, you, you, yeah. Right. Uh, and like we said, you know, Eagles fans, they're freezing in the cold right now. So they come over to the Raiders game and it's a trip to Vegas. Yeah, right. So exactly. that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think it will take a little bit. But, you know, I, they are starting to build that. Um, I wanted to also ask, what are some of your thoughts on Brandon Staley and this coaching staff right now? I know the stock on Lombardi isn't super high at the moment, but are you, do you know, do you still believe in this coaching staff despite say these two losses they've taken uh, in the last two weeks? Yeah, come on. Yeah. They're young. They're all new. I mean, let's, let's, let's take it one day at a time here and let's, let's, let's take a deep breath here. I think Staley has been a revelation. He's been a superstar and his handling of like the Gruden situation was, was a plus for a 38 year old guy. And Lombardi is obviously going to be working it on offense and they're going to figure themselves out. But I would say, take a breath before we say, Hey, what's going on. And let's uh, start thinking about who's next at that position. I think it's, right, it's been good. Sure. Herbert speaks the world of Lombardi and I, I would go with that vibe of it and let's see what happens. Right. Yeah. No, I think that makes uh, just a ton of sense. Like, you know, uh, Brand Staley just still the revelation. Like, it, it's still crazy to me whenever they're on fourth and four and it's 
it's just like an assumption. They're going to go Let's for go. it. Like they're, they're go not going to do anything else. Right. I you know, so it. that's been a I revelation of the NFL. I was hoping to see a little bit more about that because, you know, statistically you've had Bill Belichick, who's been one of the more conservative coaches on fourth down. And you've had Brandon Staley, who has been one of the more aggressive ones, but it didn't quite play out like that, unfortunately. Um, that would have kind of been a well, you nice have, battle you can't, have third, you can't have third and long every single time and expect yeah. great things to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the unfortunate Rough, part about I, I wish you had me I wish you had me on after the Browns game I mean it might have been a different tone here I feel like I'm a miserable yeah. SOB on this podcast I'm not trying to be <laughs> no it's okay we're all a little bit fried after that game mentally so you know it's a bit of a bit of a therapy session for sure uh but yeah uh Peter it was been great having you on the show let the people know where they can find you obviously on good morning football and uh let them know what you got coming out don't worry about me. I'm supporting you guys. I love it. I love that you guys have this podcast. It's professionally done. You guys were patient with me. I know we've been emailing back and forth. I just appreciate coming on and I'll be sure to promote this podcast. You guys know what you're talking about and I love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, again, you can go follow Peter at P on Twitter. Go watch Good Morning Football and see you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.